Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. Today, we'll be talking about the Facebook pixel breach and its impact on healthcare. And be sure to follow the show on social media at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 17 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. Are you a big Facebook user, Colin? Where, where are you I, at on the Facebook addiction? <laughs> no, I do not. That is one of the few social media platforms that I do not participate very much in, and that's Facebook. Really? Yeah, I'm. I'm still pretty, you know, uh, Gen X. You know, I'm. I'm still connected. I like to see my high school friends, my college friends. I've moved around a bit, so I like to see old friends and what they're up to. Um, I'm more of a. Uh, you know, I'm the casual snarky uh, commenter, which should be no surprise to anyone that knows me, uh, you know, <laughs> versus sharing my whole life. You know, I'll share occasionally with something funny from my kids or whatnot, which I actually enjoy because I get, you know, when I get those reminders, they make me happy. So I should probably do it more. But, you know, I'm, I'm mostly following other people and commenting and, you know, replying to them. <laughs> I totally get that. I took, I mean, I'm nothing against Facebook. I just haven't, I never got the bug. I never, uh, you know, uh, it's got sucked into that. I know if I, I actually, if I sat down and used it for a little while, I probably would, but it just not yeah. wasn't for me. Well, as a middle-aged single guy, it's pretty good too. Uh, it's still <laughs> kind of the platform to connect with, uh, you know, especially within uh, my communities. Uh, you know, it's pretty powerful that way as well. <laughs> I guess we should start this episode. I have to say, you know, just for the record and for disclosure, neither John nor I are lawyers, and this yep. is not uh, legal advice. Anything we're going to talk about today? Consult a lawyer. <laughs> right, please consult your own general counsel on this. But uh, obviously, this is a big topic, uh, certainly in two realms of healthcare, uh, those in the, the sort of uh, data privacy and uh, suite, right? The CISOs and everyone. And of course, on the marketing side as well, because it has a big impact on that department. But uh, but yeah, for those that may be not familiar, basically what it's, what's come to light is anyone using the Facebook pixel or any pixel for that matter to do any sort of retargeting or tracking of your uh, patients or your visitors to your website. Uh, and then they go somewhere else. You know, you typically would use a Facebook pixel to kind of do lookalike marketing or to do uh, retargeting of ads. Well, it turns out that OCR has come down and said, actually, that is a HIPAA violation. <laughs> uh, and it's not hard to understand why they would consider it that way. Uh, the quick example being, John, you know, if someone goes to a hospital's website and is just looking up, uh, you know, a condition, right? Uh, and they land on the conditions page. And then you you put the pixel on there and then they go somewhere else on the internet or on Facebook and you want to offer them, hey, like come and join the free class, right? To learn about more about that condition. Perfectly innocuous, like in, in the general sense. But because you've sort of told a third party that this person was on your page looking at this condition and they served up a retargeting ad to them on another website, that's where the breach happens. So, so my question to you, John, based on what I've just described or in, and again, I've oversimplified it. Sure. Do you think this Facebook breach, you know, this pixel breach thing is much to do about nothing? 
So, I mean, it is much ado. And if I'm in a hospital or health system, that Facebook pixel better come down immediately, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like so, so in that regard, it's a big deal, right? And, and I think every healthcare organization has or will, you know, remove it, uh, you know, as quickly as possible because, you know, OCRs made it clear that, you know, this is a problem. You know, the, the, the trouble I have is that every single hospital was doing it. You know, like, you know, pretty much like the, you know, the ones that weren't was because they weren't sophisticated enough to use retargeting and things like that. Right. So it, it wasn't because they didn't want to. It's just they hadn't got to it yet. Right. Probably. So it's interesting that every healthcare organization pretty much. And, I, you know, I'd love to hear if there were a few organizations who who thought this was risky and didn't do it. Uh, but, you know the majority, you know, when you look at the numbers, you know, decided to use it and thought this wasn't a breach. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, Hey, they were, they thought this was reasonable way to share. And are we really sharing PHI, you know, and by the way, this happens every day on Google when I search for depression and now Google knows that I'm, you know, interested in depression or whatever, you know, if I search for a specific drug, et cetera. Right. So, you know, is this a huge problem, you know, doing it right? Has it caused any sort of concern? Has, has there been a breach because of it that, you know, has made a patient, you know, have an issue. You know, I, I think it's, you know, are we throwing the baby out with the bathwater here? You know, and, and maybe, you know, I'll go back one step and say, is there some sensible uh, restrictions that we could put on this that allow for a hospital to do this effectively and to provide great services and, and access to great resources without violating their trust? I think so. And I think right now, at least the way they've ruled, it feels like a bit of an overstretch. Yeah, I, I have to be a little different on this one. I, I, I do think it is a breach. And, I, you know, what, you could argue whether it was right for them to start Im- imposing it as a breach or, or considering it a breach now as opposed to when it first came out, right? Like, it's not like this pixel hasn't been around for a while. Sure. Um, could they have given some guidance since everyone yeah. was doing it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, honestly, they did. I mean, there was some warning that this was coming, right? So, but it was fairly fast. Like it was, it was yeah. because of the nature of it, you know, you don't want to let this sort of sit out there for a year, right? Like you want it, if you knew about it, you got to act on it. Well, a warning but, doesn't get as much news as a, a penalty or. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. So, you know, I think this is a big deal and it's nothing to do with um, the hospital side in my mind. I think, and what I mean by that, I think most people who are using this were using it in a way that makes sense for the context, right? They were just simply trying to offer a service to a patient who showed interest in something, right? And to use the technology the way it's intended for every other industry to, to make sure that they were reminded of you know, those types of services that could be helpful for better health, right? So I think the the heart was in the right place of why you would use it, right? I don't think they were looking at it going, oh, well, I like, you know, we want to use it for a nefarious reason. The problem was, of course, that all these systems are so automated, that little tidbit of information then gets shared with Facebook or and its set of partners. And now all of a sudden that patient is getting a bunch of other stuff uh, that's advertised to them because now there's knowledge that they were interested in this one condition, right? And you know, and in in some cases they actually may have it. So I, I do think any patient breach and patient privacy has to be taken seriously. So I do think that 
rightfully so, a lot of uh, CISOs and, and others and marketing leaders have just quickly just gone scorched earth, right? And just decided, we just got to shut all this stuff down until the dust settles and we figure out what the real rules are and the and you know whether or not there's going to be some exceptions made. Um, you know, and of course now there are some solutions to this, right? Like Eruptor has a solution that they've created to to get around this problem, or at least give you back some sort of retargeting without some of this stuff happening. But but in general, I would say it's definitely a big problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it is a problem. Uh, you know, obviously we want to protect patients' information. That's important. Uh, you know, I, I think we're. It'll be interesting to see how that that feeling evolves, though. And, 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 you know, it really is a legislative question as well, right? What, you know, why, why are certain things acceptable and certain things aren't? And, you know, the best example of that is, uh, you know, follow the HIPAA, you know, uh, you know, uh, parody account, right? That, that points out all the times HIPAA is called when it actually doesn't apply. And one of the most common is that, uh, you're not a covered entity, right? right. And so, you know, like, you know, anyone could do this fine. And, and you could, you know, I could create an app right now that's a depression app and ask you all these intimate questions about you and your depression. And then I could retarget you based on that information. And that would not be a breach of HIPAA because I am not a covered entity. Right. And so like, you know, we're going to allow anyone to do this, but like, hey, let's restrict healthcare organizations and kind of tie their hands. Like something feels wrong about that inconsistency, right? Um, you know, does it need to apply to everyone, right? I mean, maybe you could go that way, right? And be like, yeah, everyone should have to be more careful with health information because it is so valuable, right? But uh, it, it is interesting how we pick and choose what we have to do. Uh, kind of reminds me of Shahid Shah one time talking about why aren't EHRs regularly Related as medical devices. And he's like, yeah, you could make a case that they are a medical device and should be regulated the same way. But for whatever reason, we decided they weren't. <laughs> so right. we haven't, right? Like, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I kind of feel like this is the same, right? Like that we're like, is this really important or is it not? And they decided it was. And so now, okay, we can't do it. Uh, but I'd love to hear more. You know, I know you were re recently at a, a marketing conference and heard, you know, kind of the impact of these, you know, penalties and, and kind of, you know, hand slaps, if you will, for in some cases, what, what, what's that impact that's, you know, it's causing on the industry? Yeah, it's a good question. I was just at Neshco, which is a New England, uh, you know, a healthcare marketing uh, conference that's put on every year. Great group, first time I've I've been, but it was fantastic, and it was actually pretty amazing the widespread impact that this has had on healthcare marketers. So, so first of all, I mentioned it before. Some uh, organizations have just gone scorched earth. They ripped out that pixel as soon as it became clear that this was going. To, this was a breach. They stopped using it everywhere, which means a complete instantaneous shutdown of all retargeting, uh, all use of that kind of lookalike uh, marketing that they were doing in Facebook and in Google and in other platforms. So instantly, they went from like fifty thousand a month spend to zero, right? like on that kind of stuff, right? So now. At the same time, it was painful because they were getting a lot. It was actually a very effective way to bring people in the door and get them to sign up or book an appointment and those things. And all of a sudden, that now wasn't an option. I was going to say, what does the CFO think about this? Right? right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that was, and that was the thing. So, in a in a bad way, a bad situation, it kind of highlighted how valuable this really was because you could see the drop in uh, patient appointments and signups and reaction, and so. You know that that was the immediate, big immediate impact. The second impact, which was 
kind of uh, you know logical when you think about it, but interesting nonetheless was you know Dan Dunlop and and Jeff Stiebler both mentioned that all of a sudden everyone in the marketing department had to become a hip expert. <laughs> right? Whereas, <laughs> That's interesting, right? Whereas before. <laughs> Like you could have like one person on the team that was sort of like fluent in HIPAA and would realize, hey guys, we can't publish that picture because it's got PHI in the background. Or, you know, you had like one person that was sort of the PHI and HIPAA watchdog. But now with what happened with, with the Facebook pixel, suddenly the entire department had to get like HIPAA trained and they, became, they all became like, they had to read up on all the issues here. They all became HIPAA experts almost overnight. Yeah, which is not a bad outcome. I mean, I probably should have had that done before. Uh, I was watching a TV show last night where they actually went into the hospital. And of course, I was watching, oh, are there any patients shown? Are they? <laughs> I was like, how'd they get that hallway for that shot? That's interesting. You know, <laughs> like, because it is a challenge, right? And luckily, they did a really good job with that. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I, th- I think the other challenge is that, you know, Facebook's kind of taken the egg on the face, but this applies to Google. This applies to any tracking, right? That right. Uh, is is going in there, uh, and and you look at a lot of these platforms and you say, oh, are 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 they business associates? Will they do that? And I think it will be interesting to watch and see it evolve because. I, you know, as you mentioned, this is a uh, financial impact on healthcare organizations. Is it that big of a financial impact on Facebook and Google? And my answer is probably a little bit, right? And if you're over the healthcare division of Facebook ads and, <laughs> or Google AdSense, right? AdWords, uh, you know, accounts, then yeah, it's a big deal for you. But will you have a big enough voice to be able to make the changes that are needed and navigate the regulatory requirements and, and push the regulatory requirements that are needed for this to be a reality going forward? I think that's going to be interesting to watch because, you know, Facebook has been the poster boy to be, you know, smacked down, but this includes any tracking. You know, then you start wondering, you're like, well, what about the Google Analytics code that's on every website? Is that passing information to Google? Do we have a BAA? Do you? It starts making you question any of your your marketing uh, tracking tools, right? Uh, that you know, okay, what if I create a tiny URL, a shortened URL, and is my URL shortening service is that considered a you know a BAA? And now I'm breaching information there, and so it it definitely opens up a, a big can of worms. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think you know, I, again. It, the outcome, as you mentioned, is a good thing. I think because of what's happened with the Facebook Pixel, uh, it's be- it's made marketers and, frankly, CISOs a lot more aware of these casual uses of data that you might not have realized was happening in your organization. Like, let's be honest. Like, other than you know, uh, occasionally you know, getting involved with marketing, it was not like the major part of a breach. You never really thought about marketing as being the breach point of a hospital for a PHI, right? Like it was a lot of other vulnerabilities that are that that happen in in, a, in an organization. But I think this has raised the level to go, hey, actually there's all these other use cases that we have that are tertiary to care that we may need to relook at and reevaluate in terms of privacy and security of patient data. So I think that in general is a, is a good outcome. Unfortunately, it's just having a negative impact just at a time when we're trying to get patients back through the door already. And that's already been challenging. Now you remove a great tool that was helping there. You know, that's that's a sort of a double blow to a lot of hospitals. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. Today, we're talking about the Facebook pixel and its impact on the industry. 
so uh so john i gotta ask you this question and if you if you can answer this you know a lot of people will hire you as a consultant <laughs> um how can healthcare organizations navigate around some of these privacy requirements that have come out I mean, we kind of already described what the de facto reaction was, and it was highlighted in a recent uh, CIO podcast I did with the CISO. And I was talking to him, and I knew the the marketing uh, chief marketing officer at his uh, health system. So I said, "Oh, do you know so and so?" He said, "Oh yeah." I always talk to her. And I say, "You're not using that pixel, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, you know, like, uh, you know, and he kind of said it offhand, and you know, I'm sure he's had more discussions, but, uh, you know, I think that has been the approach right now is just remove it and let's see where this all goes later. Uh, you know, I, I think maybe the best answer is, uh, you know, looking at other opportunities, uh, such as content, right? Content marketing is still there, and you know, that way they self-select into the the, the opportunity. Uh, you know, the question is, how do you get to the Facebook algorithm that was driving that traffic, or how do you get to the Google algorithm? And content may be the answer to that, right? So does that mean you need to create some Facebook groups? Does that mean you need to create content that you share to your group, or that, you know, your other employees share, et cetera, right? You know, I, and then, you know, obviously from a search engine optimization perspective, if you create the right content, you can get it, you know, listed where you are paying for it. So, you know, if you do it right, the long term may be good, right? Because, you know, SEO is a, you know, it, you can build it and, and reap rewards for a long time to come if you do it properly, uh, you know, and, and sure, it needs some maintenance, but you don't have to keep paying for it the way that paid search and, and Facebook's advertising was. So, I don't know. I guess that would be my first suggestion, right? Is is look at the content and 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 what's interesting is I wonder how many organizations had really taken the time to do that. Hey, these were converting. Why didn't I do this a long time ago? Creating these pages that obviously patients are searching for this information. Can I give them what they want and and satisfy them and and create a long term asset rather than just a short term pay for play? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good answer, John. And I agree with you in the sense of I, I don't know, you know, other than joining, you know, joining your adding your voice to the AHA's protest of what's going on, or sure. or adding it to the voice of your local association to kind of voice to OCR oh, your or, to, or, or your senator <laughs> or, or to or to Facebook to go, hey, we need some change here. I mean, you can definitely do that. Right. But, but short of that, I don't really know what else uh, that you can do to directly impact the the privacy because this is at the sort of legislative level. But I think one way you can address this is actually coming at it sort of 90 degrees. And, and, and what I mean by that is, well, the reason why you needed retargeting is because you didn't convert them, right? Mm -hmm. Like there was some reason why they didn't convert. They were on a page, you had them interested, but then they didn't do the call to action that you really wanted them to do. Well, maybe you need to revisit that page and go, well, was the book appointment button on that page? Uh, in the first, you know, and, and were there too many call to actions maybe? And they were confused. That's why they left. That's why I had to do retargeting. So I think this is an opportunity to kind of look at and go, why did I need retargeting in the first place? Could I have converted them uh, right then and there to something uh, like sign up for this newsletter or something like that, where I go, now I have direct uh, permission to, to send some information to this person. And now I can have a one-to-one -one conversation, right? With my custom content, as you put there. And that's far better than a retargeted ad, right? That's a far better spend. So I, I would say that, you know, how an, how an healthcare organization can navigate through this time. Well, take a look at those pages that you were prior previously having to use the pixel on and kind of figuring out what can you do to get them to actually click and to take an action that allows you to engage with them a lot more. 
it is fascinating to think that you can retarget if you have their email, their cell phone number, right? Now, the problem is that sometimes it's hard to get someone to give you their email or their cell phone number, right? Whereas the Facebook pixel just happened automatically and you could retarget without them giving the express permission per se. So, you know, that that is interesting though, you know, but, you know, it's fun to think about like, hey, you can retarget to email or <laughs> text right. that exact same message that converted in the future if you know it. So, you know, the, I imagine there's going to be some interesting discussions there that say, you know, like you said, how do I capture them on the page so that I can retarget them in the future? Uh, you know, the, there's probably some interesting opportunities there for an organization. Yeah. You know, since we're on the topic, John, like, you know, if you think about this, this, this uh, pixel problem, it was sort of a, Everyone was doing it. Everyone was using it. No one thought of it as a big deal. No one really considered it as a breach. And all of a sudden it is, right? right? But there's there's some equally casual uses of other tools that are kind of kind of fall in the same category here. And that one of them, obviously, for me, uh, is ChatGPT, right? Like the use of generative AI tools like ChatGPT, you know, there may be people throwing some pretty sensitive data into that. And that is also not private, right? Uh, what's your thought on that? Yeah, well, and, and it's interesting to see like the EHR vendors' reaction to this, where they're like, "Yeah, we're not using ChatGPT; it's not HIPAA compliant. Of course, we can't send that data there, right?" As an obvious thing, but of course, if I'm a, you know, line nurse that's <laughs> helping patients and having to write referral letters to all of these doctors to, you know, refer them to specialists, and I'm like, "Wow, ChatGPT could do this for me. How about I do it?" Right? And by the way, the name is Colin Hung, and he has XYZ condition, and I wanted this, and then, you know, the nurse is like, "Wait, I shouldn't be doing that because they don't understand. It wasn't a." intentional breach of trying to share the info, but it was definitely a breach if you put that PHI into ChatGPT. So I think that's where we're going to see it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how much of that happens, you know, that it becomes so commonplace that how do we even enforce it, right? Like, you know, and and I think there's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how the health IT vendors approach this as well, right? Will they build their own models? You know, I know ECW is leveraging the Microsoft Azure platform. They got some early access to, to be able to use their large language models so that it stays private, right? And there's a BAA with Azure to be able to do this kind of thing but yeah there's there's going to be lots of casual use cases yeah i think that that you know you you hit the nail on the head there i can totally see uh innocently how a, a doc or or somebody in, at a clinic needs to write a summary of something right and just says oh, you know what here you know i'll just copy and paste this very long note and say can you just summarize this right maybe even just for fun right like let, yeah. let's see what chat gpt does <laughs> right. but yeah but like I, you know sometimes you have to write those summaries and you know like you said to forward it on to a uh, another a referring physician but you know the copy and paste you just don't realize that oh look the name of the person was in there and i didn't see it right and then you just plunk it in there and then boom you've you've caused the violation for a good reason. Like you were just trying to make a summary and do it quicker because you've got other patients you need to take care of. And I think, again, like that has, because of the pixel, I think we're now becoming more aware of this type of thing. And and hopefully, you know, this is now becoming part of the training and, and part of the awareness where people are going, hey, hey, we can't use these public generative AI tools. You can use this private one, like the ECW case, where you can use that one because it's embedded, it's closed, it doesn't go to the public, it's not going to, that information is going to stay in-house. 
Um, but I think you have to educate a lot of people around that because it's just so new. Well, and it's interesting to think about like all the data that Facebook collected from those millions and millions of pixel loads. Like there's no way they pull that out of their data set, right? Like even after the breach, I'm sure they'll make some casual effort to satisfy the OCR or something, right? But like the data's in their algorithms and you can't take it out, right? Like that you can't, you could take the data out, but you can't take out the algorithm. And, and the same is true with ChatGPT. Like if you put that info into ChatGPT, it's out there and it has it available. And there's no like, hey, I want to remove any information that's false about Colin Hung, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> or John Lid, right? Like, and so I think that's one of the challenges is like, once it's out there, it's out there. And then, then the question is, Oh, what's the legal precedent? If that's public information, is it a breach? Uh, you know, I don't know. It gets complicated really quick. Yeah, no, and I think that's you know, just in general. You know, we obviously had a lot of discussions around AI recently, but that's that's where I think you know some of the caution from the experts saying, "Hey, we just need to slow down here." Not not because they particularly believe that you know we're gonna you know, it's gonna wipe out the human race, but it's more yeah. of these types of problems, right? Like because this casual use of the AI for a very innocent reason all of a sudden makes this information now public, and now that sets a precedent. And for that poor person, suddenly this condition that they have is now is that considered public domain, right? Uh, and, you know, and and that's an implication that as a society we have to figure out and deal with, right? Um, and you know what the experts are saying is, of course, we need to take a step back and think that through, <laughs> right? To put the protections in place, or at least make people aware. Hey, the guys, like, don't use ChatGPT for this reason because this could happen. Uh, mm-hmm. That level of education isn't there yet. But and yeah, we're just I mean, getting started, right? I mean, I think we we want to eat as much data as we can get, right? I mean, all these models want that to produce these interesting results. And so, yeah, to me, this is just the start. Yeah, and and you know where where this leads to, I think is it's going to be make it very interesting for for people who make de-identified data sets, mm-hmm. right? Anybody who makes those kinds of tools, because you know a lot of thought has gone now into well, if I could share some data, you know, with a pixel or with a ChatGPT in a de-identified way, can I then use it? Right? Is that then okay? And so I think there's going to be, you know, one of the follow-on impacts of this will be a lot more interest in those types of tools to de-identify data, which we all know, of course, someone could put together again, back together again, but (laughs) technically it's not a breach, right? Because the entity itself did not share enough data to identify an individual patient. I mean, I just feel like we're in a losing battle. That's that's the scary part. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately it is. But on the plus side, the good news is, you know, hearing coming back from Neshko and talking to the marketers, they are taking action. Like no one's just sitting there kind of waiting for to see how it ends up. No, no, no. Everyone took action. They realized that, you know, this, you know, whether right or wrong is considered a breach. So they reacted quickly. And so I think that's the positive that comes out from this, which is, hey, you know what? It's a violation. Fine. We pull it. We then deal with it. And now you're starting to see some of the creative ways that people are trying to get their email address, right? Trying to get someone's cell phone. And, you know, it's, it's generating actually a lot of creativity, which I think is actually kind of a nice outcome from a bad situation. Yeah, definitely. Hey, listen, thanks to all of you tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find out more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on social media using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung, along with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening. 
and we'll have a great week.